I think we have an opportunity so much more than we think we do to make things work for us. And I think that Western culture has not taught us that. Western culture has taught us, you know, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, and you don't question it. And you don't question your own happiness. And you don't question if it's working for your family. And I would just say, it's okay to question it. It doesn't mean anything has to change. You might come around and go, actually, you know what, Kira, you're wrong. Like, there was nothing I could do about it. But I bet a lot of people wouldn't. I think a lot of people would be able to find some solutions to make it work better, even if it's just for a season. Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join us as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults. Hey, Raising Adults listeners and future-focused parents, our valuable FFPs, we just wanted to talk to you for a moment about our membership program. And we love having our listeners join membership and just really join the FFP family. We love having you be a part of this in a more involved way. And so we just want to highlight the three levels of membership. The first is only $5 a month, literally the cost of a nice cup of coffee. And it's really just your way of kind of giving us a tip, like you would tip your barista or your server. If the podcast content has been helpful to you and you would like to just say a thank you it's just five dollars a month super accessible and it does get you some things don't worry you're not just giving us a tip and not getting anything it makes you eligible for on-air coaching calls you get that calendar of character traits that we've talked so much about and can really help you build your family's value list you also get half off all digital resources and we'll of course shout you out on the podcast if you'd like to go up a level at the ten dollar a month level you get all the things I just described, but you also have access to Future Focused in Five, which is an amazing video and audio library of quick, short, accessible parenting topics. We cover a topic and give you some strategic tips in five minutes or less, and you can access those by video, but we know you're podcast listeners, so if you prefer to listen, there's an audio version as well. Then in that final tier, which is $20 a month, you get access to us. You get a monthly call with Q&A with Dina and I to ask any parenting questions that have come up that month. You get to connect with other FFPs in a private Facebook group, and you get access to all of our online content, all of our digital resources totally for free. So if you've been interested in any of those, this is a great way to get in. So do check out all the different membership tiers that are available to you. We'd love to have you be a part of the FFP family. You can join us by going to futurefocusedparenting.com and click on the membership tab. We really hope you'll join us soon. Hello, future-focused parents, and welcome to another episode of Raising Adults. We're so glad to be back with you today and talking about this huge decision as parents that we sometimes come to, this fork in the road where maybe you've been in a career for a while and you're considering scaling back or even moving into full-time parenthood for a season or indefinitely or vice versa. Maybe you've been home with your people and are looking at a change or stepping back into the workforce in some way. And we know that in the backdrop of the past year that we've had, 
a lot of people are thinking about this in new ways. Maybe their kids will be going back to in-person school and it's sort of this new interesting chapter and it might become a new chapter for the parent as well. So before we dive into all of that, I am still remote from my amazing co-host over there. So I just want to say hello. Hello in the laundry room, Kira. Hello, coat closet. <laughs> laundry room, Kira and coat closet, Dina. Here I love it. I love it. Here we are. How you doing? I'm well, you know, summer is well underway and and even coming more kind of to the back end of it, which is wild how quick that goes. Um, but I do think I, I've been really grateful we've been able to get out and about a little bit. And I think that's been a really, a really refreshing thing. How about you? I'm great. We are reemerging, like properly reemerging hmm. from the pandemic. And it feels pretty good. So that last little hurdle is, you know, protecting the kids because they're not vaccinated yet. But Mm -hmm. um, until that point, you know, it's just been nice with the weather changing to you can do so much outdoors. And so Mm -hmm. our outdoor life now feels really normal. And that has just been such a blessing just to just to go do things and um, getting a chance. I think it's been interesting. I was saying to Dave, like, I feel like I hit this wall somewhere in the spring where I just I couldn't anymore. I just couldn't with anything. I had no energy. I had no energy for the kids. I was, we were all just kind of like moving through the house like little zombies, you know? Mm. And I think the fact that I got to go away a couple times and that life is starting to resume, I can feel my energy coming back. And I'm excited to like actually do some things with the kids and, (laughs) you know, like go out into the world together in a way that we just haven't been able to do for so long. So we're doing pretty great over here. Oh, that's wonderful to hear. And I think particularly for families like yours who were super locked down, the reemergence must feel that much more amazing. Yeah, you don't take anything for granted, that's for sure. Oh, every little every little thing feels joyful. And the kids notice it too, which is so nice to see their their gratitude around like, Mm -hmm. oh mom, it's so nice to, you know, whatever it is. Like, look, we're we're at at a restaurant. (laughs) You know, it's so fun. (laughs) So it's I think I think regardless of how people moved through the world, I love the gratitude reset because you do. You realize things we never thought could be taken away from us were. And so, wow, to have them back. Super yeah, special. Absolutely. So per usual, I guess we should we should start with whys. I mean, yeah. I mean, this one's a little interesting because we're going to get to talk a little bit about our own experience. We come at this from some different angles and get to maybe share some ideas for those of you out there who might, you know, might be facing this exact scenario. And I I think for me, really, the why is that I, I am a believer in seasons, and so I do think reevaluating the season of life we're in and and even looking at is a change maybe warranted or necessary for my mental health or for my own sanity or whatever it might be or for our family finances. It could be it could be real logistics. I just am a believer in not getting so in our rut and in our kind of stagnant situations that we don't ever take that time to reevaluate. So I think my why even around this, it was a life circumstance that prompted it. But I am a believer in in seasons and that things kind of come and go and we need to be open to that and also evaluating whether we maybe need to be the initiator of that change in seasons. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And, you know, I think I feel like you were the first person I ever really heard that concept of seasons from or mm. or first understood it. And it's mm. been that's been a huge impact on my life. I, I mean, I don't think I saw the world that way until I met you. And it has really helped me to think of things in seasons or something you say a lot 
and when you and I just through work, we talk about this a lot. You talk about pushing pause mm. and the concept of that, that it that, like you can do that, yeah. <laughs> you know, you can push pause and then you can like unpush it and <laughs> press <Right? play. laughs> yeah. um, But I love that because it, it gives us sort of permission and freedom to say right now doesn't necessarily have to look like forever. And I think as someone who is such a future focused thinker, sometimes I kind of get into this mentality of like, if I make this choice, that's my choice forever. And my life's going to look like this for forever. And not having that pressure and removing that and allowing myself to see time as seasonal, that has been a huge impact on my life. So thank you because you mm. brought that to me. Well, that's very touching for me to hear that too. It's like, and now we break for a brief moment of why I appreciate Kira. <laughs> I mean, really, I do think though, verbally, to hear things like that verbally, not all people are great at telling the people in their life, you know, here's a, a random way you helped me or a way you said something that meant something. And you're so good at that. And I appreciate Aww. it that you actually say those things. So thank you. That you're was welcome. touching. Okay, oh back to the topic. All the love. Back to the show. Back to the show. Um, you know, I think my why, because, well, I, I, I think we have to start by saying that originally we were talking about bringing someone on to talk about this. And then yeah. you had the brilliant idea that you were like, actually, we have lived this. We should totally <laughs> talk about this. But we're not experts on like, how do you go back to work or, you know, like the way that some coaches are. But I think that our lived experience with this, it, it's really true. We've done all the things. We've both worked jobs. We've both worked from home. We've both stayed at home. We've both worked part time. We now run a business. Like we've kind of done almost all the versions of all the things. Mm -hmm. And so it, it does warrant sort of at least sharing what that experience was like and how did we approach that in a future-focused way. Yeah. Um, so I guess my why behind all of it really and, and working in, in general and, and how do you figure out your work-mom balance um, is, is that, that it, it, has to, it has to feel okay. It has to feel okay. And I never, I was never willing for it not to feel okay. And so the reexamining was always around, this isn't working. And I'm such a like improvement person that oftentimes it was like, okay, this isn't working. So what do I need to do to make it work? And I think being willing to look at that and, and not kind of getting stagnant or not allowing yourself to just do something because it's how you've always done it or do something because that's what you've just always expected of your life was one of the things I found really hard in Britain was that mentality of like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. And I guess I just don't see the world that way. I feel like we can always kind of look at something, try and improve it. So that was a long-winded way of saying that's my why, is that if, if it's not working, I always wanted to look at it and figure out how do I make it work. Yeah. And, you know, we've had a weird household of like before children, we were both actors. So it was, there was no steady paycheck and we took turns being the major breadwinner and it was all kind of really rocky. And then, you know, Dave now does have a steady permanent job. And so a lot of this conversation, I have to give that context mm -hmm. that I've always had a partner that had a stable income. And so, you know, I can only speak to that experience. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I can speak to having no partner. <laughs> so right. Can, Absolutely. Let alone a partner with a stable income. So I, th that definitely factors into my story too. Um, and really, I, I agree. We were talking before we hit record, everyone, and just saying, you know, this isn't probably going to be one of those days with like the five amazing takeaways or here's your mnemonic device. But it really is about 
principles through experience. And so I think I can share some principles about how to manage this through my experience of living it. And and it's maybe not those nice, tidy to-do lists like we sometimes give you, like, here's some things to try immediately. You can go and implement it. But I, I do think there's some principles here. And one that I think is really important and matches a lot of what we talk about, if you're a future focused parent, you're doing this in your home. And that's the communication piece in terms of prepping your family. And we will, I I think, at least get to touch on how do you even decide that you might need a change. But I just think that's so important that if a decision has been made that a change is coming, it's really important to communicate that with your children in particular, because the way their world looks will look different, whether you're around more or less or, or what that might look like. So initially I was a stay-at-home mom when my kids were born. And then when my marriage ended, it became evident after some time that I was going to need to return to the workforce. And my kids were pretty little when that happened. They were actually, my youngest was three when I first went back to work, but still I didn't skip this conversation. So we did talk about, you know, mommy's going to be at work. And it was a little different because I was really thankful and, and blessed to get a situation where they were going to essentially come with me because I was working at a school and they could go to the school, but we still had this conversation. So it was just kind of a overarching, maybe foundational point that I wanted to bring up that for any of you families who might be in this situation, or maybe where the last year has given you a chance to pause and reflect, and you're thinking about a change to really bring, bring everyone into the fold. We think that is so important. Oh, it's incredibly important. I I mean, we talk about that communication piece all the time, but I think you're exactly right. Like when something major is going to change, they need to know and they need to know how it might look and you want to have a chance to answer their questions and see what their concerns are because they might have concerns that you can address or things you can keep your eyeball on as you make a transition one way or the other. We did this, um, Dina, when, when you and Scott and Dave and I started the website All Things Birth and Baby, we knew we were going into a season of of more intense time away from the kids. And we actually sat the kids down and said, hey, we're starting this website with Auntie Dina and Uncle Scott. And here's what it might look like. And here's what you might see. And, you know, we want to let you know. And that was really helpful for them because then when it happened, it wasn't shocking. They didn't think, did I do something wrong? <laughs> right. Right. They, they knew and it was meeting the expectations that we had set. So yeah, I, love I appreciate that. that. that I, that's such a great personal example that all of us lived through. Do you have thoughts on what kind of life events or personal events might even start this kind of a process of thinking about this decision or how a person might go about deciding a change even needs to happen? Because it seems like that would be maybe even a step, you know, that's a step before telling the family, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you've got some of the big things that are out of your control. So job loss of a partner, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. forces another partner to go back to work. Like you talked about a marriage ending where a stay-at-home parent maybe now has to have an income Mm -hmm. of their own, Um, you know, loss of some kind. And then the pandemic, I think, you know, really affected people financially. So suddenly maybe people that were at home felt they need to financially go back or people who were trying to do it all were like, F this noise, I can't, (laughs) you know, and now they're staying home. So I think those are the, a lot of the different situations. And I think with that future focused mentality, but also just from your own like self-care and mental health perspective, it really has to be looking at you know, what are the needs of the family and how are we going to make sure that we're meeting all the needs? And that doesn't mean you're going to be able to, but trying to, you know, how Mm -hmm. can we make this work in a way that would make 
make everyone feel like this works and start there. And then perhaps, you know, (laughs) you can't. And then you have to let some things go. But again, that's where that communication piece would come in that you've brought up is like, hey, so, you know, we're not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to tuck you in on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. And I need you to know that. And that hurts my heart. But it's really important because fill in the blank. This is Mm -hmm. the reason I'm not able to do that. What I am able to do is, right, and offer up what you are able to do. But I think it's, it's really looking at what is going to make you the best parents you can be so that you can give your children the best of you. And for some people, working outside the home actually helps them be the best parent they can be. I know it does for me. I love to work. Um, I really do. And I need something that's not just my kids. I need to be defined by something more than them. But not everyone feels that way. For some people, what's best for them is actually being able to be home and pour into their children. And they really enjoy that. I was just actually having this conversation with a friend of mine who was saying I her kiddo's about to start kindergarten and she and she has an older one too and so she's finally free but she's like I love being stay at home but I feel like I'm supposed to go back to work now. Mm. And I we talked about that a lot and I was like but if you love what you're doing and it sounded like financially you don't need to go back why would you why would you do that? Well, you know, I'm I'm supposed to like I what what's going to happen in ten years when I want to and I haven't filled the gap and there's some real pressures to be looking at right yeah. but I do think starting at least starting with what do I actually want is really important yeah now you might not be able to get what you want but what do I really want and need in this season what really is going to be best for my family in this season and not being afraid to allow yourself at least to picture that and you might get closer to it than you think. Yeah, that's really well said. And you're right. This year has been so unique for families who maybe ended up having to work that weren't. I know families who had a second income and purposely had to give it up so someone could oversee online school. Right. You know, and then there'll be a transition back to adding that second income. I think the mental health piece that you brought up, I know people who feel like I've got to do something more than put on Band-Aids and tie shoes. I need to use my grown-up brain, right? I want to talk to some some adults. And I also know people who feel very fulfilled and and truly joyful managing their family. That is their career. And they love that. And and I I, I also appreciate that you mentioned the example you gave of, I'm, I think it was like, I'm not going to be able to tuck you in on these certain nights and that hurts my heart. I think there's such a normalizing piece too that comes into this communication and the decision-making process where we have a chance to show our families and our children which parts of it are hard for us too. Yeah. Because there may be things we're really quite looking forward to. And then that doesn't mean there aren't hard elements of that. And I, I had to say that to my kids too. Like, it's going to be great that we get to be together, but wow, mommy is sad that she's going to be having a job all day and not get to play with you and do homeschool and all of that. And I, I think that is an opportunity to show, wow, you know, adults, they have all these big feelings too. And so when I have them, that's not scary. That's not weird. Yep. Absolutely. I think too, there's, there's a, a piece here of, um, how does this match your values? Does your work life match your values? Because it's very easy to get caught up in the working world, you know, mm-hmm. and the keeping up with the Joneses and the materialism and, and all of that. And to not be afraid as parents to look at, you know, what really matters to us. And for some people, security matters more than anything else. And so that financial security piece is key. And and then they should be leaning into that because that's going to make them feel relaxed. That's going to help them be relaxed parents. And that's going to help them you know, be better parents to their kids. 
which is awesome. But for some people, I think if they looked at it and went, actually, you know, I don't know, maybe I don't need to be working this much or this hard, or maybe we don't need to have a nice car in exchange for more time with our kids. You know, there's there's an, an opportunity to look at if, we, if you and I, Dina, are always talking about, you know, the value system being the foundation. How can I make my working situation match that? And not yeah. being afraid, again, to look at it. Again, I'm not saying it's a perfect solution because I think this is a really blurry, hard topic, which is why we don't have a great, <laughs> you know, three-point plan for you. But to look at the value system and, and to see. And so I can just say, like, for myself, one of the main components of all of my decisions around work has always been that, for me, I don't believe that on my deathbed I will ever look back and say I wish I'd worked more or had more money. I really believe that I'm going to look back and say, I wish I'd had more time with my kids. That's for me. So that was always underneath everything was mm -hmm. like, we have less so that <laughs> I can be home more. And again, that's not right for every family. But looking at those personal values that, you know, we were talking about just last week and figuring out, can I make my work life match that? Yeah. That's a really good point. And, and that's a very future focused mindset when you bring in that why and those values to kind of dovetail with that. And it occurred to me that while I may not have a full on acronym, I guess I do have the two C's today because I've got I talked about communication. The only other thing I really want to mention is I think creativity is a component here you know, parents, as Kira said, you've got to think, at least start with what do you want? And maybe you can't get all of it, but could you get a part of it? Or could you get a version of it? And I think there's got to be some creativity here when we hit this fork in the road where maybe a decision needs to be made. Maybe a decision just wants to be made. Like I'd like a change or for my own peace of mind, I need to do something different. Or, you know, the corporate world is just burning me out. And I actually want to step back and have more time with my family, whatever it is, I think there's room for creativity and it can be a really important component of this. So the communication, the setting up your family is really essential, but so is the creativity piece because it may mean that you need to do some things different. I mean, Kira and I certainly have, I mean, I'm in a closet people. Okay. So th this is what it has been for us. We've kind of pieced this thing together. You know, it's just two moms in a laundry room and look what happened. And, mm -hmm. and so along the way, we've had to get creative either because of a curveball thrown at us, i.e. pandemic, or curveballs in our own lives and our own families. And I think that requires creativity. I mean, I mentioned earlier, I ended up my very first job going back to work when my marriage ended was at a school. Well, how great was that? I was going to work at the school. My kids were going to attend the school. That was a creative solution. I still got to at least see them. I got to be the one who, you know, walked in the room when it was my son's nap time in his little preschool room. And you know, put him down on his mat and at least have that, that moment. Mm. That was something that was worth seeking out for me. So I wasn't looking for eight to five office jobs. I wasn't right from the get go. I have a friend who, when her husband left, her son was only 15 months old, but you know what? She had a lot of background as a nanny. So she purposely interviewed with families who would let her bring her son mm -hmm. so that at this really tender age, she could still have him along, but she was using those skills. There's a, a family member of mine who had a career change this past year because in looking at what life offered, that corporate world wasn't what she wanted anymore and was able to make a change that allowed for more family time and some flexibility. And I think that's the creative piece. Like, is there something that you can do that's different, that is a bit of a shift, or can you maybe get 
take a step away and get a break, but go back. Some careers lend themselves to being mm-hmm. able to take a break. Not all, certainly some, you got to like, really keep going if you want to advance and have that be positive. But I think there's just room for, okay, back to Kira's question. What do I want? What do I need in this season? And is there a way to capture part of that? Maybe is there a way to think outside the box and still enter that in? And so I just think that that element and I don't consider myself a creative person. Let's be honest. I'm not crafty over here, (laughs) but I'm but I'm talking about that thinking outside the box. Is there a way to problem solving? Yeah, it's problem solving and it's Mm -hmm. a way to, you know, maybe at least bring in some elements, bring in some components of the things I need to feel fulfilled in my work life and in my family life. Well, and I think too, I love that you're saying this because one of the things I see a lot, and and I I am hesitant to sort of say this the wrong way, but I think that women in particular are really afraid to ask for what we want. We really are. I can't ask for what I really want or need. And so I I think there's something to be said for if you work in corporate, could you have a conversation with your boss and just say, hey, I'm curious what if there are some options here. You know, can I go down mm-hmm. to four days a week or four tens or or whatever it is in order to carve out some space and get creative like you're saying. But part of that creativity is also just not being afraid to be a human yeah. and say, I have a human need and I'm curious how we can collaborate to make that work. And maybe we can't and that's okay. But not being afraid to ask. There's just no shame in saying I have a human need. Yes. <laughs> like you know what I mean? And so I I I just I would encourage especially the women. I think men have this too in kind of a different way, especially if they're the breadwinner and you know there's mm-hmm. some different pressures there. But I have found in my own life that the number of times where I've just had an honest, transparent conversation with someone and said, hey, I'm just curious if there's a way for us to figure this out differently. 99% of the time, we come to a better solution than where we were in the first place. So, you know, not to be afraid to think creatively and match that creative thinking with creative communication as well. Yeah. That's so true. Creative communication. You can even put them together. That's, that's so many C's. A, so many C's. I mean, that's such a great point, though, because you're right. I think, I mean, some of this is probably personality driven. I, I, if you're great at asking for what you want and need or you're not and probably not entirely just, you know, down gender lines. I'm sure there's also like a societal component that makes that challenging. We're in a Western civilization. It's a very individualistic society, but also we we do have some pretty normative roles. And I think those can be tricky. Like you were mentioning your friend who feels like, well, now my kids are in school, so I just should go mm-hmm. back to work because there's time for it. Or what about maybe the dad who's in the corporate world and is nervous to say he'd actually like to stay home? Right. I mean, there, I think there is some of that where we're also fighting just what are the norms and what are the things we're expected to do? And instead of living up to all these external expectations, can we start listening to the internal? Is there, you know, can there, can we make space for that? Like there's, there's room for that. And it, and it might even, like I was saying at the top with the seasons thing, it might even just look different over time. Yeah, I've had times of being full on full-time employee. I've had full stay-at-home mom seasons, and then I've had crazy combo pack seasons. And, you know, we're doing this fantastic stuff right now, and it's kind of a combo pack and it's. that's okay. It can look different as things change even. Yeah. Well, I mean, and who knows what any of us would call ourselves this past year? Like, (laughs) 
full-time stay-at-home working moms. Yeah, yes, yes, I, yes. I don't even know because <laughs> everyone was doing all the things, all like, the things <laughs> in some way or another, right? Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, th- I think that's, I think that's really true, and I think, I think we have an opportunity, so much more than we think we do, to make things work for us. And I think that Western culture has not taught us that. Western culture has taught us, you know, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, and you don't question it. And you don't question your own happiness. And you don't question if it's working for your family. And I would just say, it's okay to question it. It doesn't mean anything has to change. You might come around and go, actually, you know what, Kira, you're wrong. Like, there was nothing I could do about it. But I bet a lot of people wouldn't. I think a lot of people would be able to find some solutions to make Mm -hmm. it work better, even if it's just for a season. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So I have no idea if that was helpful at all, but I, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not sure that it was, but I do think, you know, there are some kind of big ideas that we can take from this. And that is, you know, if you're, if you're in that decision-making process, it might be brought on by a life event, but it could also be just evaluating and asking those questions. Does something need to change? Do I need something to change? Is there a family dynamic that requires a change? I think that that piece is really important that that came out today. The communication piece, if a change is imminent, making sure we're chatting with partners and family members and children. And then that creativity component and, and even combining the two, creative communication, being willing to ask for what you want and need, but also the creativity of that willingness to think outside the box and to to see if there's a way to make all this work because I think we're all just figuring it out. If we're being honest, there's very few people who are like, I've got it sorted. (laughs) You know, it's, we're all figuring it out and it it changes. It's a very dynamic situation and it's a dynamic issue in most of our homes and families. So bring, bring your creativity with you when you come to the table, that's for sure. (laughs) Well, and I think there's one final piece here and and maybe you can figure out how to make it a C. I'm sure you will. Um, (laughs) that we talked about, which is also the idea of avoiding those shoulds, Mm. like taking those shoulds off the table a little bit. Because if you're making a decision purely out of like societal pressure, but actually that's not what you want and it doesn't make you happy, that's worth examining, right? It is. So there's nothing wrong. If you love staying home and making sandwiches that are shaped like dinosaurs and packing your kid's lunch and picking them up at school and doing crafts with them in the afternoon, like... Don't be afraid of saying, I actually really love that, Yeah, that there's no shame in that. Or if you really love your corporate job and it fills you up and it makes you feel like the best human you can be, but you feel like you should want to stay home, don't don't do that. You embrace that and say, I love my corporate job. It Mm -hmm. makes me fulfilled. Like this whole concept of like, what would I say at a party, right? What would people think when I say I'm a stay-at-home mom or I work full-time or whatever? Take that off the table. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. What do you think? Do you what do you love? And embrace that first. Start there. So make that a seat. That is a little bit of a C because I think that's consistency in a way. And what I mean by that is it's alignment. You're being consistent with who you are instead Mm. of the obligations put on you by those external pressures. If we're being consistent to who we are, hey, I really love being home with my kids or I really love my job and it is what keeps me sane and helps me be a better parent, then then that's there's something really valuable about staying in alignment so that we're not forcing a square peg into a round hole in our own life. Yep. I love that. So communication, creativity, consistency, and consistent creative communication. (laughs) 
there you go. Oh, Karen, we did it. I'm so proud of us. Off them all in one. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, friends and parents, thanks for hanging with us today. If this is your family, we hope that you will understand that our thoughts are with you. Those are big decisions. And we'd also welcome you reaching out, kind of telling us, how are you navigating this in your home and family? What are the processes you go through and how do you keep that future-focused mindset with you? In the meantime, would you please follow us on your favorite podcast platform? We'd love to have you on board so that you don't miss any episodes as they drop and you can get all this great content. You can also follow us on all the things. I mean, it's bananas. Uh, We are now at Future Focus Parenting on not just Facebook and Instagram, but also Pinterest. And if you're more of a person who likes to tweet instead of post, then you can find us on Twitter at FF underscore parenting. Thank you so much for listening today. And we do look forward to being back with you next time. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in Kira's laundry room, partially in my coat closet. Editing by the incredible Allison Preisinger. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening. <laughs>